Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gordon Hayward for 30 mil a year and <laughs> drafting LaMelo Austin. This yeah, is me and Noah had back and forth talks about this. With, this uh, is going to be bad. Uh, I mean, seriously, you're going to miss Frank Kaminsky soon. People think they're going to be a playoff team. Oh, Christ, a playoff <laughs> team? Are you kidding? What, 2040? <laughs> He's a struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, but more importantly, writes about the spiders for a 10 talk. That's Austin Daisy. And of course, as you guys all found out the other week, we've got a third co-host coming on and helping us out a little bit this season. He led the Atlantic 10 and three point percentage last year, Nick Sherrod and incredible guest today, college basketball insider, one of the best in the business, Jeff Goodman, Jeff, what is going on, man? Have you slept more than four hours at all over the past two weeks? You know, I'm feeling good. Last night was a light uh, night on the college hoop slate. So I actually was able to kind of catch up on some stuff. Although, you know, even if it's light, I feel like, like last night I was kind of watching a little bit of UConn. And then I got a call uh, that Louisville game was going to be canceled uh, for today because uh, they had a positive test. So I had to work the phones for. So, like, there's always something going on, I guess is what I'm telling you, even if there's not action on the court which luckily there's been enough of it, um, and it's been good. I went down to Mohegan Sun last week. The most difficult part for me was having to stay away from the blackjack table, uh, to be honest, and not being able to go into the casino. But, man, it was fun to watch games. Like, it was, like, so much fun to me to see the coaches again. Like, I I didn't get that summer of Peach Jam and all those events. So, like, talking to Jay Wright, from a few feet away with masks on, talking to the players and seeing Josh Christopher, a talented Arizona State freshman, and watching San Francisco beat uh, Virginia. I mean, like, it was it was fun. It was just good. It felt good. To, it's not normal, but it was, like, sort of normal. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you said that, you know, it was not normal, but sort of. So I wanted to ask you about that. I, you know, was really fortunate. I just got to go out to Rupp Arena and cover this Kentucky game, and – you know, it's different. Like Rupp Arena with 3,000 people versus 25,000, it's not the same. I was <laughs> sitting up in the upper level versus being they, courtside. They stick me there. Noah, last time I, they hate me. The Kentucky fans absolutely <laughs> hate me. So the SID and I are actually pretty close. Uh, I haven't talked to Calipari more than like twice in the last 12 years. Uh, but the SID, uh, years ago when I went there, maybe six years ago, uh, they stick me up top too, which is no surprise. <laughs> But the joke was he put a pair of binoculars in front of my my seat at Rupp way up top <laughs> because I would always complain. You know, all these other national media people are right on the baseline, but you're throwing me way up top. Like, this is complete <laughs> BS that you're throwing me in the rafters. The seats actually, honestly, that you you were in are pretty good. Like, they are pretty good. They're just yeah, the view high. wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I, So I can basically say to people – I get put in the same seating as national superstar reporter. Jeff Probably Goodman. better. Probably a better seat <laughs> than I got to be at. What, what was it like for you? I don't mean to get into like me, me hijacking the podcast, but no, go like, for what it. was it like for you? Because I may do some other one-off games and I'm like, is it worth it now for you? 
to go to Rupp. It's worth it. You you have to go to Rupp and be able to put that on your, you know, your your kind of uh, bucket list there to some degree. But like, what was it like? A few thousand fans, and and was it? Did you feel good about it or no? Yeah, it was. You know, it it was different. Like I said, um, pretty much for the first half, it was silent. It really kind of felt like an AAU game. Um, and, and and I'll be honest, I was surprised that well first of all richmond fans made more noise than i thought there are actually a lot of richmond fans in there believe it or not um but but down the stretch when kentucky i think they brought it back within like nine points it got into single digits you actually started to hear some noise but i mean you know that's relative to a silent first half so i can't imagine it affected the game but you know it's strange i was saying before the cheerleaders were like two sections over to my left and it's so weird because they're you clearly like they're told they're like no you got to act normal you got to smile like they Wait, where were where did they put you? Did they put so, you way up top or no? Yeah, so I was in like the upper, I was in like the, yeah. I think 200s. I was in the, I was in the, like the first row in the upper level, maybe like kind of corner. Um, yeah. And then the cheerleaders were like two sections to the left. And so really? it was super strange because after every bucket, they're like the band's playing and they're smiling and doing all their yeah. dances. But then there's no reaction from the crowd because there's no crowd. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's like when you watch like Jimmy Kimmel with like no live audience and he yeah, makes some weird. joke punchline. Super and then, strange. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, college basketball scheduling right now is crazy. We've got, you know, like we got teams like UConn that are trying to find a game to play early next week within seven days. Um, you know, when you think about bids and obviously we're a, a spiders podcast where this is the team that was fighting for an at large bid last year, you know, what is, what is the selection committees, you know, how are they going to give out at large bids this year with, you know, so many different resumes and teams playing different amounts of games. It's not going to be fair. I mean, I talked to Dan Gavitt months ago about that and and he said, it's not going to be equitable and it's not. And, and some teams, listen, everybody who doesn't get in complaints anyway, right. It's just going to be more, more people complaining this year. And to be honest, it's like, I don't want to hear your complaints. I don't really want to hear them this year. Like don't now, none of that bullshit. Whoever gets in, gets in, whoever doesn't, doesn't. And it is hard because some teams that might have put together a really good schedule, like, you know, some really good teams, um, they might not get that schedule, right? I mean, they might have had a 14-day shutdown. And like I talked to one coach the other day, he said our entire non-conference is gone, gone, just like that. They got hit the other day, and I think they got their first couple games were canceled because of the opponents, and now they got hit, and they're done. They're done until conference play. That was a team that probably wasn't going to make the tournaments at, at large anyway. But but what I'm saying is when normally I'll look at it and I'll be like, all right, they should be rewarded because they played people in the non-conference. Well, it's kind of hard to do that come March, right? Because you don't know all those dynamics that played in. They might have tried to play a game and got it. They might have had a game uh, in that spot and, and gotten it canceled. Like, um, you know, Furman. Furman's been trying to play people. Nobody will play them. They, they just got canceled by Richmond tomorrow. Oh, right. Richmond. And they just got Charleston. Right. So like big difference, big difference. Thank you. See, my, my mind is, is spinning because you can't keep track of all these damn cancellations. You can't, but like, that's a big difference. If you're Furman and you're saying, Hey, the only way we're going to get in, if, if we don't beat Greensboro to win the SoCon, the only way we're getting in is we got to beat Richmond because they beat Kentucky and that's our, our resume win. Nobody else is playing us in the non-conference. And now that game's gone. So what if the only losses they have, what if what if they win the, the SOCON regular season this year 
and they lose to UNC Greensboro in the finals of their conference tournament, but they didn't play anybody in, in, in non-conference. Well, I bet you the, the committee won't give them the, 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 um, the at-large, and that's bullshit to me. Um, yeah. Every year, every year it seems like um, these, especially, especially I feel like it's happening more recently where these mid-major teams that are, like Furman, or I remember Monmouth a couple of years ago, they, they built up these gaudy records, and then they lose their bids to like these 99 Big Ten teams. And then this year, it could happen in an even bigger way where a team like UNC Greensboro or Furman could go, they're, 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 the totality of the record might be 15 and 1. Right. And then Purdue might go 9 and 10 in the Big Ten play or whatever, or 10 and 10 and get in. And it'll be even worse this year. What are, what are, the, what are the sense that you're getting from the mid-major coaches about that? I'm sure they're Yeah, they're worried. They're worried, Nick, because they didn't get that opportunity. You know, and, and, and a lot of it, too, is if you're a high major, you don't want to play those teams anyway, number one. And then you're not buying any teams. Like normally you're buying teams for 80, 90 grand, something like that. Now the number is so much lower because you don't have fans. Um, and it's easier now to just tell somebody, well, we can't, like everybody's bullshitting everybody right now. It's like recruiting. Like everybody's telling, well, you know, uh, we'll play you. And then when it comes down to it, yeah, we can't play you this day because this team canceled or whatever. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really tough for a lot of those mids. There, there was somebody who had a proposal. I forget who it is off the top of my head, but I put it out there that I thought was actually a good way to do it for this year, which is take the average number of bids that the league has gotten, that particular league, each league, over the last five years. So say the ACC has gotten an average of seven. We'll give them seven bids this year. Give them seven bids that they're going to get no matter what. Or you do the, the, the power five or six leagues, you know, Big E six, ACC seven, SEC five. Take, take one off of each of them and give those bids, those, those five or six wild cards to mid-majors. That's what they should do. It'd be great. It'd just be more equitable, I guess. Not, again, nothing's going to be equitable. But yeah, good to so see you, Nick. First of all, before before we move on, um, I just want to say how good it is to see you, man. I want to see how good it is to see you smiling. Uh, it sucks that you're not playing this year. Sucks yeah. for me because uh, immediately after your injury, I think I dropped you guys out of the top 25. I had your 14, yeah. and I was like, no, without Nick, they're not. Now, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope they can they can sustain this and uh, and get some perimeter shooting. They They definitely need it without you right now. Uh, maybe you can work with somebody over Zoom with their form to get yeah, them. To, you know. I've been trying to talk to him, man. They don't want to listen. I've been trying to talk to him. <laughs> well, 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 Nick. Maybe you should. Maybe you should tell him uh, your your replacement in the starting lineup played a, a game of horse with a certain certain journalist and and may have gotten a a, a shooting lesson in there. I don't know if you recall that. I remember that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> for, for a little background. I went to Tyler Burton's home to make some content with him and, and beat him in horse on his own, on his own court. Oh so. no, that can't be good for Tyler. Tyler's never going to live this down. Is he ever? Nope. Oh no, this, this was this two years ago. And I talk about it in every interview with him. I, I asked he, him last year, I said, was it motivation for you going into the season? And he said, <laughs> it wasn't number one, but he said it was a factor. Hey, he's a local kid. You know, I'm from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's out in the boonies out here. I think Uxbridge, yeah. Uxbridge, Mass. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like way out. Um, that kid is talented. Like people missed on him. Like if he can get this right. I mean, if he can just get that shot down, what else doesn't he have? Yeah, yeah. I think people's 
going on. Yeah, I think people sleep on it a little bit too because he really, in non-conference last year, in limited opportunities, he didn't shoot the three well, but he didn't shoot a lot. And I, and then if you, if you look at the the splits when he went into a ten play again, limited sample size, but shot the three really well in that breakout game against George Mason. You know, against Kentucky, he yeah. stepped into a, a couple threes. I think he hit two of them. One was a handoff from Grant, like probably like a 33, 32 yeah. footer. I don't know, maybe not that far, but. And in practice, he's super confident. So, so I, I guess the sample size is why people aren't seeing it. But it was a sophomore. I don't see any reason why this guy can't start pulling he's up off be the a dribble stud next year. So, and what do you story. think? I want to ask you about that. As a pro prospect, is he the top pro prospect on this Richmond team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, it's potential, right? Every the the problem the problem with all the Richmond guys and no no knock uh, uh, Nick, you guys are all so old. You guys are also old and the NBA holds that against any look at Obi Toppin, right? I mean, let's face it. If Obi was 19, he would have been like the number one or two pick. Uh, at least I would have taken him one or two over, you know, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo. Um, but that's me. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think Tyler Burton to me is clearly the number. And again, somebody Taylor King, I don't know if you guys know Taylor King is he, he tweeted at me. Taylor King is a kid who coming out of high school, he, he committed to UCLA when he was in like the ninth grade and uh, went to Villanova. I'm trying to get this first. Duke first, then Villanova. Duke first. Yeah. But he was super talented shooter. And he tweeted at me and he was like, hey, this kid Tyler Burton, is he, is he like a lottery pick next year, a first round pick next year? And I'm like, settle down a little bit. But like maybe, like, like again, and we got to see more. You you guys know more than I do. You watch him every game, but man, he's got the tools and he looks the part. Yeah, he's a little yeah. bit. Uh, he's he's a little bit different of an athlete. So like the story is that like, like um, it was between us and Quinnipiac, and basically like he played on like a he played on the Mass Rivals AU team, and like all he did was rebound. So like really? the big schools they were just recruiting him as a rebounder, and like our pitch to him was kind of like that he was going to be a rebounder. And then he got to campus and he's like, yo, like he's a little bit like. Like, I don't know, like, when he got there, he wasn't necessarily better than Nate and I, but you could tell that, like, he was going to be way better than us. Yeah. So, like, he's outside. Yeah. Like, he just, the way he runs, like, we talk about it, like, we don't, we don't like Jacob and Blake. These guys are talented, obviously, but, like, they don't look like a high major guy when they walk into the gym. Tyler looks like he could play at Kentucky. Totally. No, no, no. He, I mean, again, if you put him on, honestly, he was, he was way more impressive than Terrence Clark. Yeah. Who's another kid local for me who, who I've always said, like, you know, again, I mean, listen, I I was surprised at the at the score, but I wasn't because I told Mooney this. I did it either. I don't know if it was on camera or maybe it was off. I don't remember, but I think it was off. If you ask Mooney, I I, I said, you're going to beat Kentucky. You're going to beat him. And again, it was perfect how it lined up too, because a veteran team that it didn't matter if you guys didn't have a full summer. You all knew each other. The only thing they had to adapt to was not having you, Nick. Other than that, they didn't really have – you knew the system. You knew – Kentucky, they don't know each other. They don't know the system. They're not used to Cal Perry yet. And then they're playing against a veteran team. Good luck. You know, it was just – it was a perfect matchup at that time. So, Jeff, looking at some of these cancellations, obviously with Richmond, the state of Virginia right now has some solid programs. Virginia – Virginia Tech and Richmond all in the top 25. Yeah, yeah. If you're Tony Bennett, now I know this is a long shot, is yeah. it tempting to want to play Richmond this year? Well, you should because, again, it's not a bad loss. Like like over the last, you know, first couple of years you were there, Nick, it, it was 
it was a bad loss. Let's let's face it. You knew why they didn't want to play you guys. Now play you guys like no, you lose nobody like Virginia Tech. Like to me, if I'm Mike Young, and game, you know, if games get canceled, like I think that's what needs to happen. I, I think it should have happened at the beginning. I said this four months ago. They should have had non-conference pods locally, like here in Massachusetts. There's eight Massachusetts Division One teams. Put them all in one place here, quarantine for three days, get the testing all in one spot, and you play seven non-conference games. You play everybody once, and you're done. And you're done. And nobody has to get in a plane. And maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe everything's going to be fine here. And it, it's been fine in, in a sense that like 80% of the, the, the games have been played. So that's not bad. And, and as I say, as long as Duke's playing Michigan State and Kentucky's playing Kansas, nobody gives a shit that Richmond's shut down right now. Nobody cares that St. Bonaventure hasn't played for two weeks. Nobody cares that, you know, Alcorn State, nobody, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. NCAA doesn't give a shit. They don't care. As long as the big boys are playing, life is going to go on. Uh, but yeah, stand to your question. Yeah, Virginia, Virginia Tech, if, if there's games canceled now, they should absolutely figure out a way to play those games. Will they? I don't know. I mean, I give Tony Bennett credit. Like his game was canceled against Florida and he just, he jumped in and took what he could at that point. And, and I think that's gotta be the, the, the mindset of a lot of coaches right now. So with, with this Richmond program on pause right now, games canceled tomorrow, but they still haven't said it's a 14 day shutdown. Cause again, there were no player positive. So we're kind of waiting to see. Should this team, let's say they do have a 14-day shutdown. Let's even say that they don't play West Virginia. Let's say that game doesn't happen, especially, you know, with Kentucky, maybe, you know, and I still think that's going to end up being a good win because I think they're going to figure it out in March and end up being a good team. But but let's let's say, you know, in the next two to two weeks, two months for a hypothetical that 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 win does not look as good as it did when it happened. If Richmond doesn't play for 14 days and it's basically just a sitting duck, what happens to their ranking? Could you see, you know, with maybe Kentucky falling, could they drop out of the top 25 simply by doing nothing? I mean, listen, if Kentucky starts losing the Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, yeah, it doesn't look as good. You're rooting. Listen, nobody's a bigger Kentucky fan than you guys right now. Nobody, right? I mean, you are, you're, you're huge Kentucky fans because you need them to get back to what they were because then the, the win looks good. Yeah, I'd be careful coming back, playing a first game against West Virginia if you've got a, a lengthy shutdown. <laughs> Hopefully it's only a handful of days here and you can at least get back to practicing because these 14 day deals, they're tough. They're tough to come back from. Nick knows this. I mean, like you're out 14 days. You basically, for every day you've been out, I think you need one day back to get back towards hundred percent. So if you're out seven days, I think you a week back, you're kind of to yourself. You're back to yourself. 14 days. I really feel like it takes two weeks to get back to your legs, conditioning, timing, all that stuff. Am I wrong, Nick? No, absolutely. And I think that especially just – it's more about a rhythm. Like the season is so – early part of the season is such about finding rhythm. And I think the thing about college basketball is there's always going to be a game back-to-back. And then if you shut down, like let's say we open back up, like they open things back up tomorrow, we have Northern Iowa coming in Wednesday. That's not an easy game, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like how do you justify playing that one when no – You, you got to protect too. You almost have to protect like Louisville just shut down and I don't know how long they'll be shut down for, but they got some pretty good wins. They beat Seton Hall, they beat Western Kentucky. So it's almost like your mindset changes now 
if you've already got a couple good wins in the bank, oh, yeah. protect it. Don't screw it up and, and, and try to get back too quickly and lose a game to a Northern Iowa team that has really struggled so far. So it's almost like, all right, we, we've already – the Furman game's gone. Like, I'd almost be like, you know what, Northern Iowa, I'm sorry, you're 0-3. We ain't <laughs> playing you. We're, we're, I, like, I feel bad, but we're not doing it. I, like, hate that because my argument about Virginia is that, like, if you play Richmond, like if you lose, you get that back against Duke. I feel like that. I feel like that every year. Like if you yep. lose to Richmond, if you lose to Richmond, you always can get that game back when you beat right. NC State at home. You know what I mean? It's yep. the same. No, and they can, they can. But I again, I think if if you're you guys right now, yeah, Chris Mooney's a smart dude. Yeah, he, he you know he's thinking through all these scenarios right now. Like should we play if we can get out soon? Should we play Northern Iowa? We're going to be effective enough if we lose that game. How much does that hurt us in terms of staying in? Because you want to stay in the top 25 right now. That That's, that's I don't know. I mean, it, I, I feel like with everything that you guys have been through, it's so, um, it's got to be so rewarding, you know, so, to get to where you've gotten to. And I know for you, Nick, it freaking sucks, but you're, you're as much of a part of it as anybody. And you know that um, because you helped build this culture back to where it is now. And even if you're not on the court, you helped all these guys get to where they are. Um, so I, I think, again, you don't want to, you don't want to screw things up with, with a scheduling mistake that costs you and, and all of a sudden puts you in, in a situation where you don't want to be in. Jeff, how are you doing on time? I just want to make sure. I'm good. I got five more minutes. Yeah, I got okay, five cool. more. Okay, cool. Yep. All right, sweet. Um, so, you know, obviously this was a, a, the game that it was kind of almost like Richmond's, you know, Dayton and Maui moment this year, right? Even, even if Kentucky's, you know, fallen off a little bit and, you know, that was a lot of exposure for some of these guys We've already talked about, you got the tweets about Tyler, you know, with the whole, is he going to be a lottery pick? You know, like you said, pump the brakes on that a little bit, but yep. there's some guys that that was big for, right? Nate KO. Absolutely. Oh, not Nathan, excuse man. me. I was told not to call him Nate. Um, got to call him so Nathan. He, Nate. Yeah. I've been instructed. It is Nathan. Um, okay. But so okay. he obviously has a breakout performance. You know, Jacob Gilliard against Kentucky, three of 13 from the field. But, Nick, you can attest to this, right? Was that not the most Jacob Gilliard game ever? You know, I think he had like five assists, five steals, highlight play. Um, what do you see from him in terms of that national exposure? Could he be a guy that is going to get some NBA looks and get a, get some chances at a roster next summer? Um, I don't know. But, man, I'll tell you what, there aren't many – when you talk about the elite-level defenders, like he's got to be in the conversation. I, I don't think enough people had him there before that performance, I think you guys knew, the league knew, right? But overall, again, just because, number one, you hadn't won at a high enough level and hadn't had that national exposure, just hadn't had it. A game against Kentucky goes a long way. It's like, it's worth more than like an, an entire year of like eight, 10 games in a way, right? I mean, let's be real. But uh, yeah, Jacob was just, man, he just does what he does. Like he just plays so damn hard and he's so disciplined and, so good defensively. I'd like to see him make a few more shots, as I'm sure you guys would as well. Um, and Nathan was fun, man. Like, that was – I don't know. I thought that was so um, important because Kentucky had – what they've got is length, right? I mean, they've got no shortage of length on their wings and even their bigs. Like, Olivier Sar is a man. He's been, there, you know, Wake Forest for three years. Um 
the, the big kid for Isaiah uh, Jackson, uh, he's got a ton of length and blocks a ton of shots. So that was not an easy task for Nathan to go in there and do what he did and, you know, finish and run and have to stay out of foul trouble. Like that was the other part. They throw guys in at you in waves. And uh, he just, he probably, he impressed me more than anybody else on the team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I know you don't, you're not going to want to delve into this a little bit for a lot of reasons. So we're not going to, but for my friends back at home, we've been, you know, since high school, big, you know, high school and college basketball fans. And, and one of our favorite things was to watch ball and the family through the first two seasons. I'm obviously not going to make you dig into that, but it was one of the most ridiculous. One thing you got to know about me, one thing you got to know about me, it doesn't matter what you ask me, man. Like, I think Nick even knows me well enough by now that like, I'll go anywhere. Like, I'm not scared to talk about anything. Whatever you want to ask me, you ask me. I don't give a shit. Well, that's perfect because what I'm about to ask you, the other person clearly didn't give a shit either, is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in an interview was you were in Lithuania with LeVar Ball, and he called Shannon Sharp and Chris Carter Rudy Poops and Fakes. I've got to ask you, Jeff, have you ever heard of a Rudy Poop? And to this point, have you found out what a Rudy Poop is? I have not. Uh LeVar's uh, vocabulary is a little bit unique. Um, uh, yeah, what did he call me? After our whole deal, what did he, he call me something? That he was, called you like shysty? Yeah, shyster. Yeah, shyster. Yeah, shyster. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how am I a shyster? If I sat there in front of you that morning, I remember it well in Lithuania. We sat there and we were talking about first how they put he put the kids in a separate league to get him playing time. So he basically paid for them to get minutes over there because they couldn't get him on the real team. And then the, the conversation went to Luke Walton and, and Lonzo. And I'm sitting there in front of him, recorder on, just me and him at breakfast. And he starts crushing Luke Walton. And I looked at him and I didn't even have to do this as a writer, but I looked at him. I'm like, well, hey, man, you sure you want to go with that? He's like, you know me. I mean, I got the recording on, on this phone right now. He's like, you know me, I don't care. I'm like, all right, man. So I, I wrote the story of him killing Luke Walton. And uh, I'm in Lithuania, so I don't even know if it blows up or not. I have no idea. Hang on one sec. Uh, South Florida's game is canceled. Positive test. Let me just tweet this out. Big game. FAM. Live action right now. Yeah. Live. Not really breaking news, but whatever. It's like watching Woj the other day step off Sports Center to take a call. This is wild. Did he really? I think so. Yeah, it was like he was like stepping out and they showed him go to the phone real quick, ripping all his headphones off and everything. All right. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah. So anyway, so I wrote the, wrote the story. Um, and then remember he had a, a business manager named Alan oh, yep. who, who, who screwed him out of a lot of money or so they say, which doesn't surprise me. So Alan came in from California and the story had just gone up. And Alan walks in and I'm actually interviewing at that point. I'm doing one-on-ones with, I think it was LeVar and uh, Mello in their hotel room. And Alan comes in and he goes, LeVar, what the hell did you do? And LeVar's like, what do you mean? He's like, you can't be saying that stuff about Luke Walton. He's a coach of Lonzo. Like you can't do that. And LeVar looked at him. He's like, oh yeah. Like he had no idea. He had no idea that could hurt his son. But again, like I said, as a reporter, I gave him the option, which I didn't have to do, to basically say, no, no, I don't want it on the record. And he was like, no, 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 go with it. Go with it. And then he tried to tell people, 
I think actually he told people publicly that he said it on the record. I don't think he ever, maybe he denied it once, but I think he also was on the record saying he, anyway, whatever, who cares? Um, Lonzo Ball to me is like a high, high level kid. I love him as a kid. I love him as a player. I love how he plays the game. Lamelo is going to be interesting. Really, really, really interesting in Charlotte, how that thing works out. Yeah. Well, you got a big uh, Charlotte Hornets fan over here. You heard in the intro, Austin. I know. Oh, yeah. Gordon Hayward for 30 mil a year and drafting <laughs> LaMelo Austin. This yeah, is me and Noah have had back and forth talks about this. With, this uh, is going to be bad. Uh, I mean, seriously, you're going to miss Frank Kaminsky soon. People think they're going to be a playoff team. Oh, Christ. A playoff team? Are you kidding? What, 2040? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I I'm mean, thinking. I mean, how do they dole all that money out, but they wouldn't pay Kemba Walker? But you're going to give that money to Gordon Hayward? I love Gordon, but had to Gordon's like going to be hurt every year. I, I, again, there's no way you can pay $30 million for four years with Gordon. Like, if you want to pay $30 million on a two-year deal, maybe, maybe, just because you gotta, you got to start to get better. But, man, Gordon, I, just, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see Gordon Hayward staying healthy for the rest of these four years. No, I don't yeah. either. Yeah. And now you got like three point guards. You got Lamelo. You got Devonte. You got Terry Rozier. Play them all together. Why not? Great, great move, Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak. Great move. <laughs> all right, real quick, last one. We gotta finish with some A10, some Spider Talk. Big wins. It was a big week for the A10 opening week. Um, VCU obviously had the big wins yeah. in South Dakota. Javante yeah. Perkins just absolutely putting a slew on the map. Not like they already weren't. Um, you know, that's a team that. I think there's a good chance they're going to sneak in the top 25 real soon. Yeah. You know, we talked about there's going to be different ways they dole out at large bids, but just, you know, saying it's, you know, normal selection process. How many bids do you potentially see the A-10 getting this year? All right, so I'm looking through it now. I would say Richmond in St. Louis should be in good shape now. Um, I go three. I think they'll find a third somewhere. I don't know where. Um, by the way, my favorite player maybe in the country – is Ryan Daly. <laughs> I, I love him. Nick, I don't know what you think of him, but man, I saw him for the first time in Charleston last year. And uh, the best part, I talked to him afterwards. He's pretty quiet. He's gotten a little bit better, you know, transferred from Delaware. He said, uh, you know, we talked about his body a little bit and he's like, yeah, people call me fire hydrant. And I hear all sorts of stuff from the fans and, you know, killing him. But man, that dude knows how to play, doesn't he? Man. So like, I, I've known him for a while. We were at a Holy Cross Elite camp together. And, like, he really? was just, like, just this big, like, kind of chubby kid, just scoring yep. on everybody. And so I don't know if we're going to put this in. So we played them at Delaware his first year, or, like, our second year. So his sophomore year. Um, and before the game, he DMs me. And he goes, hey, I know this player on your team is going to be guarding me today. Yep. Tell him that I said I'm going to give you, give him specifically buckets this game. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, whatever, like that's fine. Like, okay, cool. I told the I told the guy, I told him, I was like, yo, I showed him the I was like, yo, Ryan Daly said he's gonna he's giving you buckets today. And he was like, Yeah, whatever, like it's not gonna happen. Daly scores 20 on him easy. They, they <laughs> him. It was so embarrassing, man. I couldn't when you it. look at him, like when you look at him, right? I mean, he's a YMCA look player. He just he's is he's just man again. I think, you know, again, I think you just have so much respect for a kid like that because of how hard he works and the fact that he wasn't blessed with anything. Tyler Burton's body or or, or skill set or any of it, right? And uh, and, he, and he's been, I mean, again, like you look at what he did. I mean, they didn't win last year, but he put up crazy numbers, and I think he's going to do it again this year. 
anyway, sorry to get off on a tangent. That's what I do well. So sorry, Noah. I, no, what... I feel like, you know, I, well, I want to hear things too from you guys. Like, like that's part of what makes a good podcast, right? Like I've done enough of them to know, like the best podcasts are just shooting the shit going back and forth. And like, mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. You want to know what I think in some things and, and it's fun. So I, I want to do this again. All right, I do. I want to do this again. Maybe uh, midway through the year, we pull this off again. No doubt. No doubt. Right. We'll make it happen. All right. We'll all do right. it again. Good to see all you guys. Um, and uh, stay safe, Austin. I feel bad. NBA season's starting up for you, man. It's going to be going to have to find a new team. <laughs> hey, the Jason Tatum uh, Celtics bandwagon's open. Yeah, Jason Tatum is – I, I, I'm worried about them. I'm worried about them just because without Kemba, it scares me. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But I think like January, February's back, so we'll see. But yeah, Jeff, appreciate you taking the time. I know it's busy. Thanks, got news to break, scoops to break. So get after it, man. We'll do it again. South Florida FAM, uh, whatever Florida A and M. Sorry, <laughs> Florida A and M game canceled. In case you didn't know, it was broken right here on this podcast. Yes, sir. Big making news. news, making headlines. All right, Take my care, man. Guys. Thank you. We'll talk. Have a soon. good weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Oh, stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah. Oh, stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Oh, stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah. Real money when I stun it might go overhead. I probably buy a dealership before I ever blow the bread. All my diamonds gold in the face inside my roly red. I eat a holy spread and I only fly in Boeing jets. All of the family got paper. We from the land of the Raiders. Pick up the phone for a check. We never check for the haters. That's what suckers do. And we stay sucker proof. I got my stunner shades and I'm stunning on you. Stunning on you. Big stunner, yeah. on my wrist, yeah. Stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah. 720 when I ride out. Blue hunters gotta come down the pole when I buy it out. She wanna fuck me, tell me fly her out. Put a chandelier on her, got her shining like a lighthouse. Big fish dropping out the right wrist. Rabbits in the room, I got carrots on the right bitch. Haters online, they just mad they can't type this. Had her in the pool throwing money, yeah, you like this, little bitch. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. I do my ditty bop, it's plenty rocks and shining in this clock. This is a paddock watch. I love the hoe, I wanna cuff the hoe. I let my brother know, he told me no, don't be no Romeo, but I'll be lonely though. We're popping up, nobody stopping us. I ain't never copying no niggas, they be jocking us. Shorty got a booty, I love it, but we don't talk enough. I got hella bougie, I'm clutching, don't be just walking up. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Stand on your big Honey on my bitch, yeah. Ooh. Stand on your big spender, yeah. Honey on my wrist, yeah. Ooh. Stand on your big tipper, yeah. Honey on my bitch, yeah.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.